It's time for JT the Brick. The years are ticking off, JT. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you're playing. You know, you've got to show up. You've got to play at the highest level. You're not going to win in this league. JT the Brick. Hey, Raider Nation, let that sink in. Since 2018, he has 25 interceptions. Raider fans go crazy around here when a guy gets two for the entire season. Anytime, JT, and uh, hi to all my uh, Raider fans out there. And go Raiders. And now... Here's JT the Brick. Hour number two brought to you by Modelo. With the fighting spirit, I reward myself every Friday with a bucket of Modelo. Modelo, what a plan they have for the NFL draft. Hour number two of the show, and we got a lot to get to. I opened up the show. I thought we'd get some calls on Will Smith smacking Chris Rock in the face. I thought that was a big topic today. No one in the Raider Nation goes to the movies? Anybody in the Raider Nation go to the movies other than me? Uh, Jump on that. The final four is set. I picked Duke to win it all. Still feel good about that pick. The Golden Knight game on Saturday was great. Uh, They're going to get us a player on Wednesday, which I'm excited about. And they saw the social media of me going crazy in the crowd. They got back to me as I'm excited about that. And the Raiders today at the Breakers, the beautiful hotel in Palm Beach where the NFL owners meeting is. Josh McDaniel spoke to the media. Mark Davis and all that sound will be here as I bring in the Latino voice of the Raiders, Harry Ruiz in studio. Good to see you, my brother, with the Dodger hat on. You ready for baseball? Of course. The only Will Smith I want to talk about is the Dodgers catcher. He's going to hit 30 dingers this year. (laughs) He's going to have a big year. We got a lot to catch up on. I haven't spoke to you since on the radio since everything went down with Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams. So the Raiders, when they started free agency on that Monday, I sat in this studio and fans were freaking out. I mean freaking out. We're not going to get anybody. We're done. We're going to rebuild. And then all of a sudden, boom, they get the two biggest names out there. Let's start with Chandler Jones and what he brings to this defensive line as Yannick Ngakwe is gone. He's a difference maker. He's a guy that can change what this team can do defensively, especially having Max Crosby on the other edge. And that way, they're going to make that box collapse, and the quarterback is going to have to make quick decisions. So the Raiders having Chandler Jones is a huge move for this team. You said it earlier, the guy with the most sacks in the league since he arrived in the NFL, since he was drafted by the New England Patriots, and I love his versatility. He played 4-3 when he was with the Patriots, mostly 3-4 with the Arizona Cardinals, so he can play both fronts, and I think this can be a big-time move for the Raiders going forward. It already is in the preseason side of things and the offseason side of things. Once he gets on the field, We really hope it's going to happen, and I really think it will. It has to happen. That's a really important part about this because Devontae's in his prime. Chandler Jones, it would be kind to say he's on the back end of his prime because of his age, but completely healthy, a warrior when it comes to fitness, and a guy who's ready to go. And Yannick was a pretty good player. And he demanded a double team at times and was good with the strip sack and causing a little bit of chaos here. So they made that move. It was a very expensive move. He's got to deliver. Absolutely. And one thing that Coach McDaniel said earlier today was that he's a three-down player. He doesn't Mm -hmm. stop, and he has the same intensity in every single down. And that was one of the cons from Yannick Ngakwe. With all due respect, towards the second half of the season, you would see him in some downs. He didn't have the same strength, the same intensity he had earlier in the game so this Chandler Jones move goes more towards being able to play all three downs all four quarters of the game or 
even five quarters, knowing that we were uh, playing a lot of overtime last year. Playing a lot of overtime games. Harry Ruiz, the Spanish voice of the Raiders in studio. Rock Yassin comes in on the trade. He's a starter. Another guy who... You know, I looked at all the PFF numbers and the stats, and a guy that can get to the ball, he's a good lockdown corner, but he's got to start. We've sat here, you and I have talked about the limited talent at linebacker over the years and kind of the limited talent at cornerback until Casey Hayward came in and stepped up, and you knew you had a veteran on one side. Now Rock Yassin's got to be that player coming into camp where the Raiders can develop the other side, and it could be Stephon Gilmore. There still could be another player out there, but talk about the starting corner they got. Last time we remember having a corner that we could attach the word greatness to was Namdi yeah. when back in Oakland. And since then, we've been waiting for that next guy that we knew the quarterback wasn't going to look to the left or the right side because Namdi was going to be there. Now, being able to have Rock Yassin is a solid move for the Raiders. He's not where he wants to be yet, but that's what I like, that he has that space of imp- for improvement in his capabilities. And I, I love that this coaching staff that is here has that those capabilities of making him a better player, and Rock Yassin has a great opportunity. And the best part, JT, it's a contract year, so you know he wants to ball out and get that back like many other cornerbacks have done in the past. If you want to jump on with Harry, come in with me. If you got a question on the Raider offseason, 702-365-9200. We're going to be interacting with Harry a lot more this summer. This offseason, he brings a lot of energy to the show. Uh, the safety position still confuses me with the Honey Badger out there. I think the price is dropping, but he's a great player to say, I'm not going to take a cheap deal, even if it's with the Raiders. Same could be said about Gilmore, too. And I look at the season that Trayvon Merrick had. Jonathan Abram might fit well with Patrick Graham in the style of this defense. I thought Jonathan Abram was playing himself out of the Raiders over the last couple of years. Maybe this is a benefit because Graham could be looking at him saying, I could line you up in a bunch of different spots. You're not an every down player. What do you think they need to do to tighten up the back end of the secondary at the safety position? So the same way the Raider Nation was desperate in day one of legal tampering and day two finally getting some moves and then finally getting Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams and they calmed down. Now they're starting to want that cornerback and that safety position to be even reinforced in a better way by the Raiders. I say patience. Guess what? Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, he's still a free agent. Stephon Gilmore, still a free agent. That means neither the Raiders or the other 31 teams in the league have spent the money they want right now. So that price, like you said, keeps going down. And remember last year when the Raiders signed Casey Edward Jr.? It was after the draft when teams had already taken care of their business in the draft. And he was still a free agent. And he took a deal that was a home run for the Raiders, that they hit the jackpot with that. So I 100% trust in this front office to do the right thing and be patient and don't spend $12 million or $10 million in a safety or a cornerback right now. Harry Ruiz is our guest, the Latino voice of the Raiders. That's a good point because we all know that the car extension's coming, and he has to get paid, and they had to clear up some money to do that. They'll be able to manipulate that money the way they set up Derek's contract going forward. Now let's stay on the offensive side with Devontae Adams. I mean, I'm thrilled by this. You'd like to have some draft picks when you're hosting the draft in Vegas. I'd rather have Devontae Adams. And I said this to you, and I would have said this if Mike Mayock was still here. I'm just done with these first-round picks. You know, Alex Leatherwood, uh, going back to what they did the last couple of years, the Henry Ruggs story is completely different and bizarre what happened there. But I don't like the way they reached a cornerback. 
in the first round. So I'd rather have a proven superstar in Devontae Adams than a draft pick. And I think that's the move that the Raiders are getting a lot of heat, a lot, get, getting a lot of uh, publicity for and a lot of praise for, for getting a proven player. And even if you go back to 2019 when they picked fourth in the draft, and that's an elite spot in the draft, mm-hmm. and you're thinking about it, it's like, ooh, do you really want to trade away the number four pick with the options that are on the table? The Raiders ended up ended up giving up their 22nd and the 52, the number 52 pick in the draft. There were elite spots in the draft. They were first rounders and second rounders, but nothing much besides that. Then you see the haul that Kansas City got for Tyreek Hill, and, and I was praising the Raiders for an office, saying they did the move at the right time for they the did. right price, and they were able to get a wide receiver that is a more complete player, in my opinion, than Tyreek Hill. And I'm super excited for what Devontae Adams can do for this offense, not only when the Raiders are on their half of the field, but it's especially when they're inside the 20 that we've known that's been an issue for the team for the last two years. And Devontae Adams, he's a killer in the red zone. Harry Ruiz, the Spanish voice of the Raiders, kind enough to join us in studio. If you want to get through, we got about 10 or 15 minutes with them, 702-365-9200. Any concerns, any hype for the Raiders offseason? We're talking about that. Let's talk big picture in the Patriot way as it comes out west here. And I'm not, I'm not going to call it the Raider way. It was the Patriot way. I don't think people should copy Raider Nation and talk about their nation. It was the Patriot way. But we know they're bringing those principles now to Las Vegas in the building. And to me, not knowing these gentlemen that well just this early, is I think that they're going to put a lot of pride into practice and development of the players. And Coach Gruden was a good coach with the Super Bowl win, and so was Jack Del Rio before. But I think that the spotlight's going to be on their player development and these coaches getting the players who are fortunate to be signed to play at a higher level, and if they're not good enough, to get them out of here and get better players. Exactly, and that's something that we've seen talent sometimes leave the Raiders in the last couple of years. Rasul Douglas, he mm-hmm. went from being in the Raiders during the preseason and then just leaving in the last round of cuts and then killing it in Green Bay. I have a feeling that this coaching staff with Patrick, Patrick Graham focused on the defense and Coach McDaniels on the offense, they'll be able to notice who the guy that can make the difference on the field is and not let him leave for any reason and be able to utilize him and take advantage the best way possible to keep him on the team and make him a player that once he's on the field during the regular season can be a guy that can make the difference for the team. I'm fascinated to see because of the depth they added at the running back position what they want to do with Josh Jacobs. Again, I'll say this honestly. I'm an honest radio host. I like Josh. And I like him as a person. But again, I thought he was a guy playing himself out of the Raiders by the time his rookie contract was out there. I'd give him an extension, but I wouldn't give it to him at his terms. I don't say that about Derek Carr, but I will say that about Josh Jacobs because I don't think he's lived up to the premier, premier part of his contract. I don't think he's elite, and he was drafted to be elite. Now they brought in other running backs and fullbacks here. What do you think Josh McDaniels is thinking about getting more out of Josh Jacobs? I love Josh Jacobs. I was there his rookie season in Oakland, and he was amazing. He was. And he was playing injured until the playoffs were out of reach. Then he started getting rest, but he was sacrificing himself to do better things for the Raiders. A couple of thousand-yard season, but this past year, it was a little bit different. You know that he missed a couple of games due to injury. But he closed strong for the he team. Did. He, did. he did a great job, and he was part of the responsibility for the team to make it to the playoffs and be close of, of having a chance to win in the wild card. 
Josh Jacobs isn't in the, at an elite level. He's a good player, mm-hmm. but he's not in that category of guys who I see demanding contracts and asking to leave a team because that team isn't going to give him a big contract or only give him them a fifth-year option. I think Josh Jacobs can prove himself this season. Sure. But a big thing that Coach McDaniel said today is the running back position. That is the Besides the quarterback, those are the guys that get the ball the most. Those are the guys that get tackled the most. Those are the guys that get injured the most. That's why they're building that running back room to be solid, to be a unit that you know you can rely on despite having an injury to your running back one, Josh Jacobs, or your running back two, Kenyon Drake, something that happened last year to this team. Harry Ruiz is our guest. That's a very important point, very astute to you, because this is a offensive coordinator, now head coach, that uses the running back, uses the fullback, likes to work in protection, wants these guys to be available and play at a high level. I think it's going to be very important because – Everybody's just talking about the bright stars and Waller and Renfro and Devontae and Edwards. And I look at some of the new receivers that they brought in and the depth that they added here. Harry, I think the concern's got to be for the offensive line. They didn't make a splash, and that's okay because they didn't want they don't need a left tackle. They got Colton Miller. They got to figure out what they're going to do with Leatherwood. And they added a little bit of depth there, but I think that's going to be a cut down. That's going to happen from a team, a high-end cut down at some point where the Raiders are going to have about two or three hours to pounce and get a starter. They need a starter brought in here at the tackle position or more competition at the center position. What are your concerns with the Raiders' offensive line? We've seen the free agency period once it started with the new league year, how it started happening. And a lot of people, they were desperate. They wanted big moves. And after you see teams like Jacksonville, throwing money at a lot of players that, in my opinion, are just average guys that didn't deserve those big contracts, and then they set the market way higher than usual, then other teams started let go of other players that are solid additions to your squad. If that happened in the first week or two of free season agents, of free agency, what's going to happen in the next couple of months? The Raiders still have a lot of wiggle room mm, with the free agency, with post-June 1st cuts, that then you get the contract extensions for a couple of players that are available, like a car, like a Hunter Renfro, that will free up more cap space. The Raiders still have time to make big moves, and I feel that they need to solidify their offensive line. I still throw in that wild card. Denzel Good, Denzel Bueno, he can be a contributor for this offensive line on the right side, so don't keep him out of the formula. But I like that they brought... Jermaine Illuminor back. Sure. Someone that McDaniels Worthy knows that, that they can play with him. Parker, they're there. So the Raiders, they can still play. And the best part is, this is year two for Leatherwood. There's only one way to go. Up. Colton Miller, year one. It was rough for him in Oakland. Year two, went up. Year three, went up even higher. One of the best left tackles in the league. So I'm hoping this coaching staff can put Leatherwood in a better spot and identify it. Know where he's going to be the best player possible for the Raiders and have that five-man offensive line be the best it can for the team. Look, he had Tom Cable as a coach. He played at Alabama, and he was a first-round pick. I mean, this is not a guy that people are wondering what he can do. He was brought in to be a Pro Bowl player. He was a first-round pick. The Raiders reached for him. Not a big deal. The new coaching staff is going to look at him and quickly evaluate him and get him up to speed. And if not, he won't be here. Isn't that the core of our whole conversation today? No matter who you are, 
where you came from, where you're drafted. The Patriot way tells us all in Vegas that the best guys are going to be out on the field. The best guys are going to have an opportunity in practice and in the preseason to prove that they should be starters. Exactly. And something I love that I've seen from Leatherwood, while you see some offensive linemen going on on cheat days, like if it were the whole week with pizza, with burgers, going all in, you see Leatherwood on social media, not him posting it, but his trainers, people that work out with him. The guy is going hard on those training sessions. Nice. His body looks amazing. I saw a draw, uh, dry fit shirt completely sticking to his to his body because of the sweat that he's mm. getting on the on those workouts and his body looks great. So Leatherwood, he knows this year too is like his vengeance here from everything he has heard from people on social media from year one. He wants to come back and say I told you so. Harry Ruiz as we wrap it up. So let's talk about the pulse of the Raider Nation on your YouTube channel, on your social media. You talk to fans. We're the flagship of the team. We can't take a day off. There's always got to be Raider content. I think Raider fans are feeling disrespected from an odds perspective at 50-1 to to win the Super Bowl when the Chargers, last I look, were 18-1 to and Denver was 20-1. to And the same people on radio last year who said, oh, Denver's got the best roster, they just need a quarterback, are now saying they got the quarterback, but they forget that they had to give up players on that roster to Seattle to go get them. You can't have it both ways. Are you more concerned about the Chargers or the Denver Broncos because we know Kansas City's at the top of the division? You want me to be honest? Always be honest when you're on the radio with me, please. I'm 1,000% not concerned but focused on the Raiders. You know what the Raider Nation says? I can't say it on the air, but <laughs> the rest, I'm focused on the Raiders. Broncos swept them the last two years. Chiefs, we've been competitive with them, mostly 2020, 2021 for one half. Took a major step back last year yeah, against the Chiefs. Exactly. The first game here in, in Sunday Night Football, first half was good. Then the th- third quarter, everything went down the hill. I still like what I saw except that mm. game in Narrowhead. But if you want me to just talk about Broncos and Chargers – I think the Chargers, they have the most wiggle room to be able to improve their roster, and they have this season. They were able to protect Herbert way more last year than they did during this rookie season. So the Chargers, I think, would be the squad that you have to be like, all right, they can be closer to the Chiefs than the Broncos. The Broncos, I still like their defense, but how will the connection be between Russell Wilson, Jerry Judy, and then the their offense lost key pieces with no, especially with no offense that I loved him as a tight end, but he's in Seattle now. I think their offense is a little bit more incomplete. They got the quarterback they needed. They don't have the pieces as much as, as before. What do the Raiders have to do to get more respect? Win. Just win, baby. That's what they got to do. And you know, but I was, they won ten games, and they had first and goal at the nine against a team that went to the Super Bowl. And there are still doubters out there in the national media who still think they're the fourth team in the AFC West. There's a lot of people who think that. I know, and we know about 2016. Mm-hmm. We know about last year and everything the team went through, and they were still able to do what they do going into the playoffs being super close to beating the team that ended up representing the American Conference in the Super Bowl. But outside of us, the Raider Nation, the rest of the world, they just look at what has happened the last two decades and be like, well, they're going to be that team with four wins or with three wins or with five wins, and they're the Raiders. That's a win in our column, just like we usually see the teams like the Browns and the Giants and the Jets and be like, all right, that's one of our wins this season. That's how they see us. So now we got to change that perspective, and it all starts this year with having a very solid season, be a con- com- 
become a contender and then next year when the Raiders host the Super Bowl at Allegiant yeah, Stadium be a team that everybody's talking about instead of 50 to 1 be in those single digits or a close double digits a 12 to 1 you want to be that team and I know Mark Davis wants the Raiders to get to that point when they host the Super Bowl so they haven't a big show for us will be the schedule release we know who the opponents are but not the dates very encouraging road schedule for the Raiders. I mean, yep. really excited. You get on the road. You like to get on the road with Raider Nation. What do you think about the schedule coming up? I'm excited, man. I can't wait for it to happen. Then we can just start marking down the dates and start seeing where we're going and know when everything's happening and see how the season ends up winding up in that we, that bye week that we always know mm -hmm. everybody likes a bye week in a different time. A lot of people like it right dead center. Others like it later in the season, others mm -hmm. early. So I'm super excited and can't wait to have all our games out here at, at Allegiant Stadium, having all the road games. And the Raiders have been a very good road team these last two years. That's something that people haven't kept their eye on. Yeah. The, 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 they've been good on the road, and the Raiders need to be that way to be a contender. Tell everybody what you're doing with the lights and your other gig there. I'm really proud of what you're doing. Appreciate it. So right now I'm a light, I'm a Lights FC insider, so visit at LV Lights FC. I'm always posting on social media mm -hmm. about the team, posting videos. They had a big win on the road last week, 5-4. to four. They beat Phoenix uh, eight days ago in here in Cashman, one of the best teams in the league. Unfortunately, it was their third game in a week, and they lost one to nothing against Memphis on Saturday night. But they're doing a good thing. New coach, new play. Not a lot of new players, but a lot of returners and some solid additions. So it's always great having sports in Las Vegas, and soccer is part of that equation. The other, the other football. Hey, how about the fact that we're qualifying for the World Cup? Right. Uh, so we don't have to give we as long as we don't give up six goals and lose <laughs> by six goals coming up here. But Pulisic and what happens here, just great. Italy's out of the World Cup yep. and the United States is going to advance. And I think the building of momentum for the World Cup this time around is going to be fantastic. I think everybody in the country is going to eat it up and love it. And it's going to be a great opportunity. I hope post-COVID, I'm not making predictions, but to get all these soccer fans out in bars and get behind the United States of America. Italy missing the World Cup for the second time in yeah, a row. They huge. won the Euro Cup two years ago, but they ended up missing out on their second World Cup in a row. And we need that momentum to keep growing in this country. Why, JT? Because we're hosting it in 2026. So you need the World Cup and the world of soccer to keep increasing. And also having that local focus on it. We need that MLS team here in town, too. Absolutely. We're getting it. Good to see you, my friend. Always a pleasure, JT. Muchas gracias, mi hermano. You got it. There he is. That's Harry Ruiz. Follow him on Instagram. Follow him on Twitter. Good friend of the show, and you'll be seeing him and hearing him a lot more with me as we go forward in the summer of JT, where, you know, there'll be a couple days off, and hopefully we get Harry to jump in and take your phone calls. 702-365-9200, brought to you by Remy Martin, Team up for success. If you're looking for a new gin, the botanist, cool, refreshing, getting you ready for those warm weather days out by the pool. Mark Anderson from the Review Journal next. Huckham is out in front. Jack Eichel, he ties it. Jack Eichel comes up with the goal on a dish from behind the net. He got away from Lankin and it was faked out. Jack Eichel makes it 3-3.
That was a great game. If you went to the Golden Knight game on Saturday, down 3 nothing, starting the third, and they win 5-4 in overtime. I don't use the word great often. That was a great hockey experience. I loved it. Would have loved a couple of more goals early in the game. Mark Anderson joins us on Mondays from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. No sports as good as anybody in this town. And, Mark, I want to start off with the Final Four. I guess right with Coach K getting there, I thought the loss to North Carolina would stabilize them and refocus them for the tournament. But they didn't have to go through Gonzaga. And isn't it amazing that they've never played North Carolina once in the NCAA tournament? This is a heavyweight fight coming up. It's, that's uh, one of the more studying uh, pieces of information I've heard. It's just um, you would think at some point they yeah. would face each other because in a final four or something, you know. I just I just don't. It's, it's a, it was surprising to me. So yeah, I mean, you know, if you're if you're looking for I guess um, a blue blood type of final four, this is it. And I and I think I think it's going to do real well. Real well, do well. I can't say it. Do real well from a rating standpoint uh, because of that because they're going to have a lot of deep fan bases and. You know, and you got the whole Coach K storyline. So I think it's I think it's gonna be a really interesting Final Four. I agree with you. Having Coach K makes it a monster sports moment in the history of sports. I don't care if you go back a hundred years, you go back fifty, you go back to John Wooden to see a coach who's widely considered the greatest. I you know you got to give it to John Wooden, but Coach K played a much tougher generation of college basketball. It's just much more difficult to get to a Final Four than it was with the Bruins and John Wooden. But if he can go out on top, I really believe, Mark, that we could be talking about one of the greatest achievements and stories in sports history. If a man that had that big of an impact on the Olympic teams, Duke, his life at Army, and then can go out with a win and cut down the nets against Blue Bloods, including North Carolina in the semifinal, there's not many stories to top that. No, there really aren't. And, um, you know, I think Hubert Davis is a great story, too. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, you know, it just it, North Carolina. I think they kind of they fell out of the national discussion. Uh, I, you know, you just didn't hear anything about them. All of a sudden, in that that season finale, regular season finale against Duke, they played so well and beat Duke in in uh, K's final game at uh, Cameron. And and ever since then, probably before then, they probably were playing really well before then. But that was the first time I really noticed them. And. Um, and they just—they just been—they just, just seem like they've just built on that game ever since then, and, and they're as dangerous as anyone in, in the country right now. And um, and to see Hubert Davis's emotions after the the game and the um, when they when they knocked out St. Pe- uh, St. Peter's, mm-hmm. it was just uh, in, in knowing he you know all the weight in his shoulders of, of such a story program and. It was, it was really something to watch. Mark Anderson joins us from the Review Journal. So you retweeted what Vinny Bonsignor just tweeted after trading their first and second round picks to get Devontae Adams. The Raiders are not ruling out moving back into the draft. As Josh McDaniels alluded, there are a lot of conversations happening in Palm Beach right now. Look, I think it's important because the Raiders are hosting, and the NFL is, but it's a Raider event here in town, the draft. But I could live without the Raiders having a draft pick because they got a superstar in Devontae Adams. If they got a couple of players that I didn't think would have an impact, then it would really hurt. How important is it, Mark, for the Raiders to have a pick in the first or second round when they're hosting hopefully close to 800,000 to a million people on the strip? It would just, I mean, it would still be an incredible event. uh, But, you know, it just, something would clearly be missing. It just wouldn't feel the same. 
Um, and, and I don't know that that's why you get back into the first or second round is because you're, you're hosting the event. Um, because I think, I think it's something they would have explored anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know that you really want to go two whole rounds without making a pick. Um, so I, I, I think there's a good chance they would have gotten back into either one of those two rounds anyway, maybe both of them. Uh, but I, yeah, just being here though, definitely adds uh, a little bit more, um, pressure to doing so because because you really, you know, you don't want to give the spotlight to all the other teams. I mean, it's your event. So yeah. if you can, especially if you get a first-rounder uh, and get, and do really well in the first round, then you could be, um, it, it won't be just the NFL, it'll be the Raiders. Uh, and that and that, I think that's really important, the, the draft being here. Yeah, and the only reason I believe that is because I think there are other players on this roster that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler want to trade. That's what I'm thinking. The only reason this makes any sense to me is that they're evaluating players who are not their players as they take over, and they might want to trade a player or two that they just don't want to deal with right now. And as they get closer to the draft, that could be the way that they can move up into the first or second round, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, and you see it all the time. You get new new uh, new coach, new GM. You, they're they're not they're not just going to take the previous roster and go with it. They're mm-hmm. they're going to make some ma- major changes, and that's exactly what they're doing. So I think you're you're absolutely right. They're going to trade some of the current pieces and and get draft picks from as part of the deal. And so I think that would have been the plan whether the draft was here or not. Uh, but I, like I said, having the draft card just I think adds a little bit more to it. Mark Anderson, as we wrap it up. All right, Mark. The other uh, big topic I wanted to hit on with you was LeBron James. I watched the game last night against the Pelicans, and they got blown out in the second half. And it was another game where the Raiders had no heart, they had no soul, they had no passion. LeBron put up points; he's been doing it all year long. But they are a train wreck, and now they're the 10 seed, and they have a chance to go to the 11 and be out of the play-in tournament there for the bottom three teams. You think that's probably where they need to be, is just shut this thing down, not be a playoff team, not embarrass themselves, or with Anthony Davis, if they can get him back down the stretch here, have a puncher's chance, because they looked dead to me last night. Yeah, and I'm not, I mean, I know Anthony Davis is sort of the big X factor, where if you get him on the court... LeBron's healthy. That's a, that's a team you don't want to face. Mm-hmm. Um, I I but I just you know when it comes down to it, even if they get Anthony Davis back, are they still getting past Phoenix? Are they still getting past you know Denver, no. Utah, those teams? I I don't know that they are. I think you're probably right. If if you're a Lakers fan today, you might want to just blow the whole thing up. I agree. And I think I think they need to look at seriously bringing in someone from outside the organization. They. They've become one of these organizations that think the only people know how to run it are people who are, have a Lakers past. And there are many ways to win, and you don't have to keep hiring people who had success in your organization in the past. But you can go elsewhere and find good people. And I think that's what they need to do. I, I you know, I, I, uh, I, it's just, you, you know, I, I know that the, 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 uh, that new show on HBO Max yeah. about the, the Lakers dynasty, I know there's a lot of garbage in that. Uh, you know, you, you can't really take it too seriously. But the one big takeaway from that is that Jerry Buss was not afraid to take chances. Oh, absolutely. And I think, that, and, and I think that's what they need to do now. They need to just, they need to think differently than they've been thinking. Thank you, Mark. We'll talk to you in a couple of Mondays. Always appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on, JT. You take care. You got it. Mark Anderson from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Very good point at the end if you're watching this winning time the Showtime story coming off the book as they embarrass Jerry West every episode. I mean, 
some of the sex scenes, some of the things they're doing to Jerry West in it is just awful. Jerry West is the logo of the NBA, and they are just shredding him. But he makes a good point. What's interesting about this show is that Jerry Buss, when he took over, would do whatever he wanted. He took a chance. He was leveraged. He didn't have the money, and he just went out and spent the money until he built a global champion, and he did it with Magic Johnson. And to see that and how they kept the chemistry and they made moves with coaches was pretty impressive. Here's LeBron James after the blowout in the second half to New Orleans last night. You could tell he's pretty much defeated on the season. I mean, we just we are who we are. I mean, there's no... Um it's not much of a process, and when you, you know, you know, you can go out and score 35 and a quarter, 40 and a quarter, um, you know, hold a team 18 and a quarter, but then you also know that you can give up 40 and a quarter. Yeah, it's frustrating, obviously, but I mean, we are who we are, and it's not, it's not like, you know, trying to figure out something more than that. There's there's points in time in sports where you have to shut it down. I'm not a big believer in that. I grew up in a city of champions in New York. There was no when I was a kid. It was the Yankees. There was no we're going to rebuild. No, there was none of that. We're going to try to win every year. So I'm not used to that. Then I moved out west and been around a bunch of teams, been with the Raiders for over two decades, and the Raiders are not a team that ever will admit we're going to rebuild. They want to reload and get better. But for the Lakers, it's one of the great failures of team construction that we've seen in quite some time. I mean an epic failure. We're not talking about a team that tried to build a world championship contender and became a three or four seed, won a playoff round, and then got beat. Talking about a team that might miss the playoffs. They're the 10 seed. They are a joke. They are pathetic. And they don't hustle and they don't play hard. And no one seems to care. No one in the organization wants to fire the head coach, hold a press conference, and do anything. It's the Laker brand. It really is shocking to me. Very shocking to me. Uh, one of the members of the new Caesar Sportsbook team, which we're doing more and more with, is going to join us. Grant Tucker coming up on the other side as we take a look at the numbers, the odds for the Final Four. You might want to bet the Final Four early. You might want to get in now with the way the numbers are going to come in and the public's going to come in later in the week. So we'll take a look at a couple of the opportunities if you're betting the Final Four with these Blue Blood teams and maybe take advantage of some of the early lines as we come back. JT, brought to you by Grimaldi's. Best pizza I ever had. And their salads are fantastic. Their menus. Go to any of the five locations in the Valley. Inbounds pass to Jeremy Roach. He'll bring it across the timeline. They're on their feet in San Francisco. The Coach K farewell tour has one more stop for a record 13 time under Mike Krzyzewski. The Blue Devils are going to the Final Four. Duke gets the win, beating Arkansas 78-69. Next stop, New Orleans for Coach K and the Blue Devils. Westwood one on the call, JT. Thanks for joining us, everybody. What a story with Duke. You can't imagine anything that big. And Vegas is a big March Madness town because we kick it off in Vegas better than anybody. We're brought to you by AnyTiresPlus.com, 350 North Boulder Highway, located off the corner of Lake Mead and Boulder Highway. Why pay $20 or $30 for a smog when you can only have to pay $5.95 at AnyTiresPlus? Right now, get $50 off any new set 
of Ford Tires at Any Tires Plus. Went out there to see Frank and his team. They run an incredible business. They love the show. They love the Golden Knights. They support the Raider Nation. Go out out and see AnyTiresPlus.com. See what they can offer for you. All right, Grant Tucker, kind enough to join us, part of the new Caesar Sportsbook team, which we're doing more and more with. And, Grant, thanks for coming on ahead of the Final Four after the Elite Eight games. And let's begin with the overall handle of what you have seen and how it increases now that we have an opportunity to see Duke and North Carolina for the first time. This is exciting for Caesar Sportsbook. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I mean, the handle's been through the roof all tournament long. I mean, it's really just a storybook ending. I mean, you have Coach K in his final run, and then he's matching up against UNC. I mean, you really couldn't script this. I mean, in the final, these teams have met 256 times, and this is the first time they'll ever play in the tournament. So let's look at this, and and I picked Duke to win it all before it started. They were a two seed. I felt like a lot of people were fading Duke because of their loss at home to North Carolina. When did you see this early on in the tournament where the Sharps were coming in on this? Because I thought Duke was going to probably, most people thought, lose a game but maybe cover and go out around the Sweet 16. When they started picking up momentum, did you see more and more public money coming in or sharp money on this? Yeah, so I was one of those guys who actually was, you know, kind of down on Duke. Uh, I think the last time I was on here, I actually was talking about how I was looking to, you know, fade him going forward. But, yeah, I mean, this team, this is the best they've played all season long. I mean, Coach K, you can see, you know, he's kind of refining his lineup. You know, he's given certain guys an uptick in their limits. And, you know, they've really been producing uh, guys like A.J. Griffin, Jeremy Roach. I mean, those guys are, you know, stepping up to the plate and making the most of their time. And, yeah, so, I mean, when they played Texas Tech, uh, the public was all over Duke. You know, after the after uh, the Blue Devils beat Michigan State, we started to see some money roll in on them. In that Texas mm-hmm. Tech game, I mean, I'll, I'll go, you know, to my grave thinking that the Red Raiders were the right side in that one. And, you know, we didn't do so well in that one either. But, you know, the, as the momentum picked up, you know, we definitely saw, you know, public as well as some sharp money uh, kind of, you know, pick up on the Blue Devils side most definitely. Grant Tucker, lead college basketball trader for Caesar Sportsbook. So with the Blue Devils at plus 150, why do you think Carolina's up to plus 550 and so long there with their odds considering what they did in that final game at Cameron Indoor and the quality of opponents that they've beaten so far in the tournament? Is it still because everybody's thinking of them as a true eight seed? Yeah, I mean, when you look at UNC, I mean, they're playing great basketball too. Uh, they survived, you know, a great comeback from Baylor in that game. That was, that was one of the best games of the tournament, in my mm-hmm. opinion. So they survived that. And then the next game, you know, they played UCLA. So when you look at the road that they've had, I mean, it, to me, it seems like they had a much, you know, tougher test along the way. And, yeah, I mean, they're a four-and-a-half-point dog here. And then say, you know, they survived this game. I mean, you're not going up, you know, against any slouch in the title game. Uh, I think they'd probably be a dog against either Nova or UN, uh, or uh, uh, Kansas in that one as well. So that's why the future price is a little bit, uh, a little bit longer there. Because they'll probably, I mean, they're a four-and-a-half-point dog in this one, and they'll probably be a dog in the title game if they make it as well. I see that. Grant Tucker is our guest. Let's keep moving on to Kansas. And the inline line uh, money play, I thought, the in-game wagering on Kansas, if you liked them at halftime. What did it look like there, the activity at Caesars, when you saw them trailing at the half against the Miami team with that scrambled defense that were putting teams away? I thought that was one of the best coaching performances of the tournament the way Kansas stormed from behind and blew out Miami in the second half yeah in the first half there I mean you saw Miami was you know looking to speed up the tempo and you know try to get some easy buckets and transition and then in the second half I mean Kansas really just flipped the script and basically just dictated their terms of the game you know really slowed it down got it to McCormick inside 
And, yeah, I mean, uh, Ochai Gabaji really stepped up there in the second half. And he, he's been struggling all tournament long. But, you know, he kind of, you know, picked up confidence there in the second half. And, yeah, you could get uh, – we actually could, we kind of got killed uh, on the in-play side of things here in this Kansas game. I mean, anytime you see a blue blood like that, you know, at plus money at halftime, you know, you're going to, you know, take some take some wax there. And, yeah, I mean, uh, what did they end up winning by? It was like 20, 25, something like that. So, yeah, yeah it kind of got ugly, uh, especially when, when you have a favorite, you know, go to plus money like that. Things aren't, aren't going to be looking so hot on our side of the counter. Absolutely. It was just what they did in the second half was incredible. So tell me some storylines that you saw at Caesar Sportsbook with St. Pete's. Because after they won a game and they beat Kentucky, I thought it was a smart play if you didn't have them on the money line to win those next couple of games, at least for them to cover. And the way they became a liability for some books, but other fans was smart and then went down in flames thinking they could bet them on the money line to win this game. And they completely ran out of gas, but I think some of their fans made some good money. Yeah, no, that, I mean, anytime you have a storyline like that, it's great. I mean, everyone likes to, you know, follow the Cinderella, you know, r- r- ride their journey along with them. The biggest the biggest loss for us was against Purdue. That one really killed mm-hmm. us there. Uh, I mean, anyone, if you just look on paper, you look at Purdue's height down low. I mean, they got seven footers. You know, they have Ivy, who's, you know, one of the best players in the country. You thought that that would be the spot, you know, where their journey ended. And somehow St. Peter's, you know, uh, just kept hitting threes all game and really just, uh, you know, pounded the glass. Like, they just played great in that one. So they survived in that one. And, then, yeah, the road came to an end. And we really – we didn't see too much. Uh, we did, you know, see some money on St. Peter's pregame, but it wasn't as much as you'd really think. I think, you know, when you look at, you know, North Carolina against St. Peter's, you know, the average fan kind of knows, like, this, this might be the end of the story here. Grant Tucker at Grant Tuck, lead college basketball trader, for Caesar Sportsbook. So I think this is a big moment for the handle and a big moment for sports gambling because of the two years with COVID. First year, the cancellation, then no fans. And as you know, college basketball fans, Grant, will bet on anything. They love college basketball, and there's so many prop bets and opportunities to package these games and parlay opportunities and totals and what we're going to see here. But the fact that Coach K is going for his last dance how important is this for Caesars and the sports gaming community here? Because there's going to be a lot of fans on the fence that are going to want some action here on Duke, typically because they're interested to see the swan song and how he goes out. Oh, 100%. And they're actually playing the game of the Caesars Superdome, too. So you could just sprinkle a little yes. bit more Caesars onto the story there. But, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's really just a perfect story. I mean, Coach K, his last journey here with his guys, you know, they went out on a sour note at Cameron Indoor. And then just so be it, you know, in the final four, they match up again. Like, you literally cannot write this story. And it's just unfolding right before our very eyes. And it's in the final four, too. Like, it's really it just checks all the boxes. Not to mention, you know, the fact it's a rivalry. But we're playing with, a, you know, a right to go to the national championship. It's really just, you know, you, you, can't, you can't script it. Grant, finally, tell us where we're at with Villanova. Because – the people that count out Jay Wright and Villanova have been scorned in the past. And Coach K is at a different level there. But Jay Wright is a unique Hall of Fame coach. And his game plans are amazing. And he's got a veteran team. They don't turn it over. They make their free throws. They follow the game plan perfectly. Where do you have them in this upcoming game, their, their next game against Kansas, and where you have them with the odds to win the NCAA tournament? 
Yeah, so we have him uh, the four-point dog to Kansas here, and they do have the longest odds right now to win the title. Actually, second longest. I believe North Carolina is around there as well. Mm. But, yeah, I mean, this team, they did lose Justin Moore there at the end of last game. It's really yeah. unfortunate. It was in the final minute in the game against Houston, and he went down with an Achilles injury, and he's their second-leading scorer. So that right there, you got to factor that into, especially the future price when you think about them, you know, cutting down the nets. He was, he's, you know, he's one of their team leaders. He's their captain. But the thing that really sticks out for me, like you said, Jay Wright, like his game plan, he always has it, you know, down pat. And he's really kind of a forgotten name. You know, we talk about all these other, you know, big names around the country. No one really talks about Jay Wright. I mean, Nova was like Nova and Kansas. You know, we'll go to the right side of the bracket here. Kansas was probably the quietest one seed that I can remember. I mean, they came came through the tournament. No one was really talking about them. Everyone was focused, you know, on Gonzaga and Arizona. And so that was, they were real quiet. And Villanova, too. I mean, they're in the Final Four here. And I feel like they just, you know, haven't really had, you know, any storylines. They're kind of under the radar. And so here we are, Kansas-Villanova, with a, you know, shot to go to the title game. The one, one uh, key matchup I'm looking here is I think that mm-hmm. Colin Gillespie needs to be way better than he was last game to, you know, pick up mm-hmm. some slack for, you know, having Justin Moore out here. Gillespie last game, one for six from the field and 0 for four from three. And I, like you said, nobody, you know, they hit their free throws, and that's where, you know, he kind of, you know, stuffed his stats a little bit. But he's just got to mm-hmm. be, you know, better all around to, you know, pick up the slack and, you know, to keep Villanova in this one. Thanks, Grant. I appreciate it. Congratulations for the launch of Caesar Sportsbook and the notoriety and for the job you guys do. Appreciate you having you on. We'll have you on again after this. Thanks, JT. I appreciate it. You have a good one. You too. Appreciate you coming on. So there he is, Grant Tucker, Caesar Sportsbook. We've been talking about the Final Four all week. It's the biggest story in sports. With all due respect to the owners' meetings, if they change the overtime rule, we'll talk about that. If there's some other new movement there, there is a tremendous amount of Raider sound that you'll hear, and we played a lot of it today. We saved some of it for tomorrow. As Josh McDaniels at the Breakers in Palm Beach was talking to Vinny Bonsignor, all the other Raider insiders. Q will have that coming up next, and Vinny should have a really special show coming up as he's down there and the information that he has along the way. Exciting time for the Raiders. The Raiders ended up going to the owners' meeting with arguably winning the offseason. So far, it was a long offseason. The draft, and the Raiders don't have a lot of draft equity, but that could change. Vinny will talk about that. What they're going to be able to do, are there other free agents that they can still sign? And I'm assuming, I don't know when the date's going to be, today's Derek Carr's 31st birthday, but he's going to get a contract extension, and the day that happens... The Raiders will lead the media on that day. So there's going to be a lot of big Raider days in the offseason. But what we're focused on the most is our partners that we have here from Resorts World to some new ones that we're bringing in to all of our other partners, making sure that they get the partnership with the draft coming up. All my years living in Vegas, this is one of the big, big, big ones. This is on the Mount Rushmore. UNLV winning a national championship. We'll never move that, nor do we have the right to. The Raiders coming to Vegas. The Golden Knights going to the Stanley Cup in their first year. The NFL draft has the ability to be as big as anything that's happened because of the amount of people coming to town and how it's going to showcase. So Bobby and I talked about it. We're going to interview Raider players about their draft experience. We're going to get out with the public. And we're going to build up this big party. It's a super party for Vegas. And we all got to be on our A game. And hopefully we're all going to get out. And there's going to be a lot of options. A lot of our friends are having parties for the draft. And you can come on and promote your party. Tell us what you're doing. And what you're going to do is people are going to be storming into Vegas looking for a great time. And the draft is in April. 
and April is right around the corner. Thanks to Bobby for the show today, Grant Tucker, who just joined us. Monty Johnson, the former middle linebacker, two-time Super Bowl champion, who was kind enough to come on with us. Mark Anderson from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, and Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the Raiders. That is an overall solid show with our guests today, and we appreciate you listening and streaming us. If you miss any portion of the show, we're at lvsportsnetwork.com. The Raiders are taking our alumni interviews and putting them in a podcast at Raiders.com. And rest of the week, we'll build to the Final Four and any Raider breaking news at the owners' meetings. Also, Mark Davis's conversation and what that's going to sound like. We'll play some of that sound. Never know. Supposed to be some deals potentially out there. There's some good players. Not many, but about six or seven of the top 45 who are still out there. And might one of them might end up a Raider. Why not? They keep doing it. They keep shocking me. I'm up for one more starter. If you can get a starter, I'm up for that. Rest in peace to Taylor Hawkins. We wanted to play his music throughout the show. We did from Foo Fighters. That was tough over the weekend. That was a really tough one. A lot of rock and roll fans listening and think of the Foos as we go forward. The Grammys are here in Vegas this coming week. Have a great day, everybody. Q coming up next. Vinny Bonsignor from 4 to 6. And we'll be back here tomorrow. We always appreciate you listening. And thanks for being a big part of us and what we try to do here every day on the flagship of the Raiders, Raider Nation Radio.